Hey, this is Derek Wooten. I'm lead pastor of AP Church here in Cincinnati, Ohio, where our desire is to make disciples and make a difference. Thank you so much for joining us through our podcast. We pray this message speaks life and encouragement into you and what God is doing in your life. Hope you enjoy it. Amen. All right, all right. So we're in our series today, Greater, and I'm talking about greater fire. And over the past few weeks, church, we have been discovering that God has greater for us in this season. If you believe that, somebody say amen. God has greater for us in this season. I believe that we're in a Kairos season, a God-ordained, a God-appointed season, that God is awakening the saints, that the church is rising, and that God really desires to release his glory in greater ways in the earth. I believe that God's doing that. I believe that God is trying to awaken his church in this season to do greater in us and through us. But for that to happen, we've got to understand what that's going to require of us. And it's that we have to understand Jesus has got to become greater and we've got to become less. Jesus has got to become greater and we've got to become less. The last couple of weeks we've shared the, the same verse, our base text for this series. I want to share it again today, John chapter 3, verse 30, where we find that John the Baptist, he was saying this about himself and Jesus. He said, Jesus must become greater and greater and I must become less and less. And what did he mean by this? He meant that our lives must be more about Jesus and less about ourselves. Our lives must be more about Jesus and less about ourselves. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking to you. Come on. More about Jesus and less about ourselves. And can I tell you today, over this time of fasting and prayer, if we really want to step into the greater that God has for us, church, we need to have, we need to have greater focus and we need to have greater faith and we need to have greater fire. If you believe it, say Amen. And today we've been looking at greater focus and greater faith, but today I want to talk about fire. Everybody say fire. Now, if you were like me, fire fascinated you as a kid. <laughs> and, and I remember lighting matches being like, ooh, that's pretty, you know what I mean? Uh, that's why I wasn't allowed to play with fire. In fact, I'm still not really allowed to play with fire, but that's another story for another time. But I want to ask you a question today. Did you know that as sons and daughters of God, you were made to be on fire? As sons and daughters of God, you were made to be on fire. Let me say it this way. You were created to be combustible. You were created to be combustible. Fire to fulfill the heavenly assignments that God has placed in our lives. We need this fire to make disciples and make a difference, the vision of the house. We need that fire in our lives. You say, Pastor, how do you know that? Because what I find is that Jesus, even before he started his ministry, he went into the wilderness. And you know what he did for 40 days? He prayed and he fasted. And in John 4, 14, it says that when he left the wilderness, he was full of the power of the Holy Spirit. I go further. The disciples, after Jesus ascended back to the Father, they did not send them and say, go now and do my work. He said, no, you go and wait until you have been endured with power from on high. What happened during the Feast of Pentecost? There was a fire. The Bible says that tongues, like as a fire, sat on each of them. They needed that supernatural fire to fulfill the plans and the purpose that God had for their lives. So let me ask you a question. If they needed fire, do we need fire? We've got to have fire from the Lord. There's got to be an ignited fire that does not go out, but it burns bright in the heart of every son and every daughter that's a part of the kingdom of God in this earth. If you believe that, somebody say amen. 
So we see there, there's something about a fire that we need greater fire. We cannot do what God has called us to do, church, without greater fire. Without greater fire. You know, I'll never forget the last season, and you'll find out why in a second. The last season my son Brennan played soccer. It was his last season for a reason. There was an eight-game schedule, and five games in, his team had scored zero goals. Zero goals. No one, not just Brennan, nobody scored any goals. And if you wonder what their win total was, see, see goal total, zero and it couldn't have been the coaching. I was the coach, by the way. It couldn't have been the coaching. <laughs> you guys laugh like it was my fault. Chill out. Uh, <laughs> it, it obviously wasn't the coaching. And frankly, after five games of no goals, I was ready to start instilling some of the American football rules. Like, guys, just hit them, take the ball, throw it in the goal, and we win. Let's do it. That was going to get me kicked out of the Y. Luckily, I did not do that. But... Here was the thing about his team. Here was the thing. They understood their purpose and their assignment was to score goals and win games. They could tell you what they were supposed to do, but they didn't play with any passion. They didn't play with any power. They just let the other team take the ball anytime they wanted to. Listen, they were cute as all get out, but they were passive. I mean, have you ever seen the little kids in the uniforms, the shirts are too big, and they're running around those chubby cheeks? It's adorable. But my team stunk. <laughs> I mean, they, they understood. We went through practice after practice. What is the objective? Get the ball and score the goal in the game. Here, go right ahead. Do whatever you want. Like, we had the goalie that was just laying down, counting flowers, and, and the, the kids running around hollering for their snack. They didn't even care. They were like, listen, I don't care how much the game I was playing. As long as I get a whole snack, that's what I'm here for. And they, all these incredible things that they understood, but man, they did not play with any passion. Listen, they didn't have any fire. They played with zero fire. They needed to have a fire ignited in them so they could actually have some passion and power because guess what? If they actually would have had a little bit of passion, they probably would have scored some goals. We scored three goals the whole season over the eight games. I won't say we were the laughing stock of the team, but for some reason I was never invited to coach at the Y again for soccer. Some kind of development reasons, I don't know. But it could have changed had they had some fire in them. We laugh at that story, but I'm afraid that the church in America looks a lot like my son's soccer team. Because the reality is, the church can tell you what our assignment is to make disciples. That's what Jesus told us. Yet somehow along the way, we have sat down passion and power and have gotten very passive about the kingdom of God and the earth. And the reality is this for the church right now. Guess what? We need some fire again, church. We need the fire to burn bright. We need the mantle of Jesus to be ignited in our hearts again. So every day that we live, we live with passion and power so we can walk out the purpose that God has for our lives. Because the truth is we can do just like my son's soccer team. We can tell you about what we're supposed to do. But then when the time comes to do it, we just don't do anything at all. We're, listen, it's time for the church to stop being cute and get courageous again. 
It's time for the church to stand up with a little passion again and say, you know what? I will not be pushed back by the demonic forces that live in this earth, but I will stand up in the name of Jesus and I will be bold and I will walk in victory and in power and the spirit that God has given me to be more than a conqueror right now. If you believe that, somebody say amen. That's the assignment that we have right now, church, that we don't have to be defeated. We don't have to be backed up. We can be filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit and fire to fulfill our purpose and assignment on our lives, which is to make disciples and make a difference in the world in which we live. But we've got to understand there's something about that fire that we need. And in this season, I believe God is trying to shake the church for us to understand now is the time. Somebody say, now's the time. Now is the time for us to be ignited with greater fire. It's not time for us to be concerned about all the other things. Now's the time we take it to the enemy and we take back what the enemy took from us and we walk in power in the earth as the sons and daughters of God. It's time for that. It's this season where God is saying, hey, if you're going to do this, we need fire again. We need Holy Spirit fire again. And this week, church, we are petitioning God for greater fire, that he would revive us. He would let us come alive in the spirit again. And then we could be released into the harvest, released into the world to shine bright in the name of Jesus. It's that season that we've got to say yes to. Listen, God's ready to do it, but are the people ready to say yes? That's where we are right now. God is giving us this opportunity in the earth to do these things. But this is where God got me deep, church, this week. He stopped me and began to speak to me and, and break me about this because, because I, I, I always, I don't know about you, but I've grown up in spirit-filled churches and we talk about the fire of God and we want the Holy Spirit in our lives and typically we say, Lord, we want revival fire. Anybody ever heard that phrase before? Lord, we want to see, we want to see your fire spread and we want to see the supernatural signs and wonders that follow believers. God, we want to see those things. And the Lord stopped me this week because he told me in this season that revival will come second if something else will come first. Listen to me. He told me, he said, he said if my people genuinely want, he said, greater fire to see revival, they must be first willing to embrace refinement. Let me say it this way. The Lord spoke to me so clearly I sat at, listen, I sat at my desk as he began to speak to me because I already had some of my sermon built out and I had to change it. And I just began to weep because I feel like this is an invitation, but it is also a warning from the Lord that if you really say that you are hungry for revival, that you've got to be willing to embrace and accept God as refiner in this season. A refiner. Look to your neighbor and say, we gotta be refined. We've gotta be refined. If we want to experience revival, we must embrace refinement. See, let me start here and let me keep going. Then we're going to finish in the altar today. How many of you guys know what refinement is? Some of us do. Some of us don't. That's fine. I got, I got some definitions to help out. Refinement is the process of removing impurities or unwanted elements from substances. Refinement is the removing of impurities or unwanted elements from substances. But see, God is not saying he's a physical refiner. God is saying he's a spiritual refiner. This is refinement from a spiritual perspective. 
So let me give you a definition that, uh, that is a spiritual refinement. Refinement is the process of removing, removing impurities and unwanted elements from our souls. Not from substances, but from our mind, will, and emotions. Removing impurities and unwanted elements or experiences from our mind, our will, and our emotions. And guess what the physical process of refi refinement requires? Fire. Fire. I'm at a place right now where it seems like the church loves to celebrate God as redeemer and restorer. But we have forgotten that he also is our refiner. He is our refiner. That in our lives, he wants to do some spiritual refining. He wants to remove impurities. He wants to get rid of those things in our lives that don't belong in our heart, that don't belong in our mind, that don't belong in who we are as the sons and daughters of God in the earth. And so I, I'm, I'm burdened this morning because I'm telling you, I believe this is an invitation that God is calling us to say, listen, if you want revival, you've got to be refined first. But it's also a warning, and I'm going to show you prophetically what God told Daniel in Daniel 12, hundreds of years before we even talk about the end of the world, thousands of years, of what God is saying. But hear me today. God is speaking and inviting his people. If you want revival, you first got to walk through refinement. If you want greater, you've got to be willing to say, okay, Lord, I submit to you as the refiner of my life. I submit to you as the refiner of my life. Let me give you some Bible this morning to help us understand what we're talking about. Because what we need to understand and see that today is that physical process of refinement involves fire. And so God said, if my people are truly ready for a greater fire that brings revival, we must first accept a greater fire of refinement. So we already know from the word of God in Hebrews 12 and Deuteronomy 4 that God is a what? He's a fire. God is a fire. But Malachi chapter 3 verse 3 says God is also the refiner. He literally says that he is the refiner. Let me show you this, Proverbs chapter 17 verse 3. It says, fire tests the purity of silver and gold, but the Lord tests the heart. Let me ask a question for a minute. If God is a refiner and he tests the heart and God is fire, what is he testing your heart with? Fire. He's testing your heart with the fire that he is. Because we have experienced him so much as redeemer and restorer, it's time that we experience God as a refiner again. If you dig into the word of God in the Old Testament and the New Testament, there are so many times where God actually, he refines humanity. He refines it. Let me show you Bible this morning. Psalm 66 verse 10 says this. It says, for you, O God, have tested us. You have refined us as silver is refined. Jeremiah chapter 9 verse 7 says, therefore says the Lord, behold, I will refine them and try them. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 7, that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes. Notice, though it is tested by fire. Though it is being refined by my fire, 
Listen, he says, when it is tested by fire, it may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Psalm 26, verse 2, the psalmist said, examine me, O Lord, and prove me. Try my mind and heart. That word examine and try, that is the Hebrew word, seraph. I did my homework this week. Got on Rosetta Stone, learned how to pronounce those words. But the word seraph shows up in God's word over 30 times. Listen, and it is that melting process for a physical substance, a precious metal like gold or silver, but it is for our souls. God has always been a refiner, but humanity has not always let him refine them. God has always been a refiner. And in this season, church, the body and the bride of Christ must submit to God and get to a place where we say, God, refine us. Refine us. You may have never prayed that prayer in your life, but I'm telling you, this is the season to pray that prayer. This is the season to say, Lord, refine me. Lord, let me be refined by who you are. Letting God refine us, church, is so paramount. Listen, do you know why this prayer is so needed right now? It is because of the world in which we live. Do you know the culture we live in? Have you looked around and seen the culture? Listen, not the people, because God loves people, but the culture of this world is not refined. It is repulsive to the Spirit of God. Let's get plain for a minute. Hopefully you like your coffee black because we're going to get strong and straight for a minute. The culture of this world is repulsive to our holy God. The Apostle Paul prophetically detailed in 2 Timothy what the culture was going to look like in the final days. This is what he said. He said, you need to be aware that in the final days the culture of society will become extremely fierce. People will be self-centered lovers of themselves and obsessed with money. They will boast of great things as they strut around in their arrogant pride and mock all that is right. They will ignore their own families. They will be ungrateful and ungodly. They will become addicted to hateful and malicious slander, slaves to their desires. They will be ferocious, belligerent haters of what is good and right. With brutal treachery, they will act without restraint bigoted and wrapped in clouds of their conceit. They will find their delight in the pleasures of this world more than the pleasures of loving God. That is the culture in which we live on a daily basis. That is the world in which you and I live every day upon the earth. And please hear me, those things and those spirits are constantly at work trying to attach them selves to you and me. They're constantly trying to attach themselves to us. So hear me, we need greater fire to be refined, church. We need greater fire so we can stay pure the way God desires for us to stay pure from the inside out. 
That is the desire that God has for his bride and body. And see, here's the thing. We've come to a place right now after this, this entire last year of, of vaccines, or now it's vaccines, but of, of, of viruses and protests and presidential elections. We've gotten to a place where all those things we see in our culture, they want to make us respond. Sometimes it is a righteous anger and sometimes it's just, a, it's just anger that makes us want to respond. And it makes us want to, to do those things. But listen to me, church. If we don't allow the fire of God to refine us in this season, we will not be filled with a hunger for revival, but a hunger for revenge. I've heard more godly people say ridiculous things through this season because they've lost their temper. I've seen a lot of godly people type some stupid things because of their temper. Social media, I, I'd like to kick it in the rear end. Good gracious. Listen to me. There are a lot of people that have sat down their hunger for revival and picked up a hunger for revenge. But listen to me. Revenge does not bring revival. Refinement brings revival. Refinement brings revival. And we've come to a place right now that God says, if you want to step into that kind of moment, that kind of season where I can pour out my glory, then you first got to walk through the refining fire of who I am. So that way we can operate and live the way God designed us to. Well, Pastor, give me some examples of what it means to be refined. If you have bitterness in your heart, you need to be refined again. If you have greed in your heart, you need to be refined again. If you have pride in your life, you need to be refined again. If you don't pay attention to what you say and who you say it to, you need to be refined again. If God is not a priority and the standards of his kingdom are no longer your priority, you need to be refined again. Can I get a witness? That's the truth. How can we be the bride of Christ that is pure and righteous before the Lord if we don't look like the groom but we look like the world? We've got to understand in this season, church, God is calling us to a season of refinement. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, God does not say he has given us a ministry of retaliation, but of reconciliation. And we've got to put down all of our stones and all of those different things. We want to respond and get angry with people and say, Lord, instead refine my heart. God, refine the very essence of who I am so I can be pleasing in your sight. See, I've come to a place even this week to say, Lord, I'm hungry for revival, but I am humble enough for refinement first. God, I'm hungry to see revival. I'm hungry to see your glory poured out in the earth, to see the harvest come in in thousands. But Lord, I'm humble enough to be refined first. See, I told you a second ago, God spoke to Daniel about the end times. And he told Daniel this in Daniel chapter 12. Verses 9 and 10. He said, go your way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. Many. Now, let me stop right there. Did he say all or he said many? Many shall be purified, made white and refined. But the wicked shall do wickedly. And none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. See the text for a minute. He said, Daniel, in the end, many will be purified and be made white and refined. But he did not say all will. But he says, the wicked aren't going to understand. He said, but the wise will.
will understand. Listen to me. If you say you have wisdom in your life, you need to not run away from refinement in this season. Because this is a season that God says, if you will let me refine you, it will position you for the good and great things I have in store for the rest of your time on the earth. He's a refiner. Say, Pastor, can I trust him? Listen, God is a fire that will baptize you and not burn you. But he will remove the things in your life that don't need to be there. Because the truth is, is throughout the years, because the church has been passive, we've gotten contaminated. We don't have the same hunger for holiness anymore. In fact, we look at the standards of God not as, as freedom and liberating, but we look at God as trying to limit us from enjoying what we enjoy. We've got to be refined again. If you want the greater fire and the greater things that God has for you, with a heart of submission, Father, not my will but yours. God, not, not, not my ways, Father, but your ways. God, refine me. Purify me. Do you remember what Jesus said in Matthew 5? He said, blessed are those who are pure in heart, for they are the ones that shall see God. Listen, church, this is so much bigger than the things we're seeing right now. We're talking about contending for the fire and the goodness of God in the earth in this season. But it's going to take us choosing to let the Lord refine us. Let me go a little further. I'm almost done. In fact, I want you to go ahead and stand up right now. Go ahead and stand to your feet. When I read that passage in Daniel, that was the warning for me. That many will be refined, but not all will be refined. Because if you're not wise enough to understand that God wants to refine you, listen to me. I believe there's going to be a lot of believers. They witness revival, but they won't walk in it. They'll see it, but they won't taste it. Because they didn't let the Lord refine them. And today, I believe the Lord has been very clear in speaking to me that he wants to refine us in three different ways. He wants to refine us in three ways, church. That if we really understand what God is saying right now, that we need refinement and purity in three very important things. Are you ready? We need to be refined in our perspective. We need to be refined in how we see and understand things. Listen to me. What does that mean? That means obedience over opinion. That means obedience over opinion. Please stop telling people what you think and tell them what God has already said. The church, listen, we are ambassadors. Ambassadors do not share their opinion of their government. They share what the government has already established. This season, we need to let the Lord refine us to get opinion out of us and get obedience back to us so we can be obedient to his word and to his voice. We need the Lord to refine our perspective. Secondly, the Lord needs to refine our principles. Our principles. 
Our values and belief. What does that mean? Our values and belief, meaning that our values and belief match the values and beliefs that the Father has already set. So that means that your standards are God's standards. Can, can we stop this charade of moral relativism, please? That you have your truth, no matter if it's someone else's truth or not? Listen to me, when you stand before the Lord, he will ask why. And not because he doesn't already know the answer, but because he wants to hear your response. I told you to do it this way. Why did you not do it this way? Listen, he loves you. His love is unconditional and unending. But listen, in this season, if you really want to be refined, your principles need to look like God's principles. If God has a standard, that's your standard. Listen, I'm going to love everybody, but I'm not going to say that gay marriage is okay when God has said it's not. I'm not going to say that it is okay that we can do and say as we please when God says there are standards of what we say and how we live. I'm not gonna do it, church. You wanna know why? Because I want my principles to match the principles of the Father and of the kingdom. I'm not going to let what God has made black and white gray just because. Hear, hear me, in this season, the church must be refined. We must let our principles be the principles of heaven. And not just in some ways, but in all ways. But number three, our practices. We must let the Lord refine our practices. How we live every day matters to God. Our daily habits and practices. Listen to me. Our lives should look like Jesus' life. Think about that for a minute. Our lives should reflect. He is our example. So let me, let me ask a question. If Jesus wouldn't do it, should you do it? Well, pastor, someone else said it's okay. Did they die for you? Can they save you? Because if they can't, I would highly regard the opinion of Jesus over them. Your practices every day. Listen, did you know that everything you do will be tried by fire when you stand before the Lord? Let me read a scripture. I don't even care what time it is no more. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 12 through 15. Anyone who builds on that foundation, who's the foundation? Jesus. Anyone who builds on that foundation may use a variety of materials, gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, or straw. But on the judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. If the work survives, that builder will receive a reward. But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved, but like someone barely escaping through a wall of flames. God has greater 
for us. But what we do matters. Because just like you need to be refined, everything you've done on this earth will be tried by fire. And you will either get a reward or you'll barely make it in. Listen to me. Why would we skirt by when we could be rewarded for what we've done on the earth by the Father in heaven? Let's go ahead and say, Father, in this moment, refine us. Refine our perspective. Refine our principles. Refine our practices. Because listen to me. Revival cannot come and stay without refinement. That's what I'm concerned about. I'm concerned that so many places God is going to release his glory because there is a remnant rising. And they're going to see revival, but it's not going to stay everywhere. Because they haven't been refined. See, the refinement is how you steward the revival of God. Because you're pure. Oh, my God.